one. Welcome everyone to Respawn Aim Fire, episode 238. The Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michaelinis, and we have also here Adam Peabody Award-winning scientist, Gumby. How you doing, Adam? We learned about those, yeah, we learned about those crabs that are in your blood. I won the award for that one. It's scary. Watch out. They'll get you. <laughs> blood crabs? Blood crabs will get you real bad. <laughs> Oh, if you're watching the YouTube version today, you are in for a special treat. If you're not watching the YouTube version, throw your phone in the river and then go find someone else's phone and go to YouTube and look at our faces. Um, if you are have been listening for the past couple episodes, you know that we made predictions about what would win at the Game Awards. And um, the deal was whoever got the most incorrect would have to do an entire episode with their face as Jeff Keighley from the Muppets Haunted Mansion. And we tied. So instead of both of us being Jeff Keighley, we both had to do one half of our faces. So as you can definitely tell, we're both statues of Jeff Keighley from the Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's indistinguishable from the movie itself. And... um, well, I just had to take it a step further because we didn't stipulate what we had to do to the other half of our face. So I'm also a pirate mermaid <laughs> today. <laughs> you didn't have to do anything to the other side. You chose to. I chose to. I had the face paint already. And I said, well, what, I'm not going to say they were just half a regular face. What do people face paint? And people face paint pirates. And people face paint mermaids. And so I imagined a world, which is not too far. If you, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mermaids, they are the sirens of the sea. Yep. Right? And they, they're like, oh, come here, Mr. Pirate. And the pirate goes there. He's like, I'm going to fuck that mermaid. And then they get up close, and it turns out, I'm a pterodactyl. And they eat them. That's mm-hmm. like traditionally fairy tale, like Grimm's fairy tale. Like those are mermaids. Pirates of the Caribbean Ford is an excellent example. Like they will eat your fucking face off. I can imagine a scenario in which a pirate successfully boinked a mermaid mermaid had mm-hmm. said pirate baby and it, half of it looks like this the other half looks like jeff Keeley from the game awards you know what's really funny watch pirates of the caribbean 4 you're kind of onto something <laughs> maybe that happens in the movie a man pirate and a female mermaid maybe fall in love i don't know <laughs> who knows um I was going to go off on a tangent about Pirates of the Caribbean 4, but I'll I'll pass on that. Hi, everyone. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We've got a lot today, including an opportunity for you to win money from us. Cash money in the form of game credit to a service of your choice coming soon. And by soon, I mean you have to listen to the end of the podcast. So listen along with us. There's no way to skip forward. We've disabled that via our RSS feed. So you have to listen to the whole show today. Coming up, though, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, such as a Splinter Cell remake coming, confirmed. Sony's um, Sony's efforts to try to make indies happy. Breath of the Wild 2, gameplay information. But we're going to start today with our main quest. I'm sorry, my face feels sticky. <laughs> all right, I don't want to move my mouth at all. <laughs> as it's soon as you say that we both move our mouths so much <laughs> uh dallas in the chat here df and smitty says you guys look incredible and you both lost yes we did yes we did technically uh we're gonna start with our main quest tonight which is all about 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, uh, it's not, not necessarily going great over there for Final Fantasy VII Remake on PC. We've got three stories coming from a variety of places to talk about. The first one, happy doodah if you are a PS Plus owner of Final Fantasy VII Remake. You're getting a free upgrade to the next-gen version. I can see via Adam's thumb that that includes him. He is in that boat. If you That's also me. jumped on that boat, you might be a pirate on his way to go blink a mermaid and have someone who <laughs> looks happy. Like <laughs> <laughs> but if all of y'all are in the boat back in March of 2021, if you said, I don't, I don't think I'm going to pick up Final Fantasy VII Remake at launch because I'm a bad person. And then March 2021 rolls around, and you're like, oh, look, I get it for free as part of my subscription to PlayStation Plus. You were probably so excited to get the PS4 version of this game. And then Square Enix at the same time said, guess what, y'all? There's a brand new, sexier version of this game coming to PS5. And guess what? All y'all freeloaders don't get it. You have to buy the game to get the upgrade. Well, guess who went back on their word? Square Enix did. And I just learned how to snap, so I'm going to snap every word now. Um, Square Enix is now giving everyone who got the free version of the PS4 game a free upgrade to the PS5 version starting this Wednesday, December 22nd, as a little Christmas cheer miracle. In addition, if you want... This, by the way, does not include the intergrade intermission episode featuring Yuffie. So if you want that, you can also purchase that at the same time for 25% off uh, starting that same day for a limited time. And um, so that's it. That's that's a wonderful little treat. So you're welcome, everyone out there. Adam, you included. You get to play the sexy 60 frames per second version, the 4K version, whatever the hell you want. It's just so good. Uh, that's great. I love that they did this because it was, again... I was like, you know, I'm not going to complain because it's free, but you should give me the good version because I do have a PS5. So it's nice that they finally, six months later, decided to give it to us. And it was weird because it's like, yeah, if you had it, it was like a real hard workaround to be able to get it, like the the PS5 version. If you had the PS4 free version in your library, yeah, it was weird. But again, I'm fi- I'm happy. And the Yuffie stuff, I mean... I just want to play the main game, so maybe I'll buy Yuffie later, but it's nice that I don't have to get the full upgraded version to play the game, you know, in its PS5 goodness. So thank you. Good job, Square Enix. You did so good. There's nothing you could have done in the last week to make people upset. <laughs> um, what's interesting, we actually, you brought this up last week when we talked about Uncharted Lost Legacy, the Uncharted whatever for collection coming to PS5. It's a very similar thing where if you have it free through the PS Plus collection, you don't get the upgrade. Uh, you have to pay 10 bucks for it. Or you have to pay the full whatever for it. So, like, it's cool that Square Enix is like, hey, you know what? We're That's that's dumb. Take this stuff for free, y'all. But that's not all good news for Final Fantasy VII Remake. <clears throat> There's uh, some some indifferent news, apparently. Like, if you're a Steam user, great. This is good for you. If, if you're not, who cares? But the, PS- the PC version of Final Fantasy VII Integrate is headed to Steam, apparently. There are some clues from the game's files, which again just got released on Epic Game Store. Um, someone named Atelier Tool, A T E L I E R Tool on Twitter, uh, says that buried in the game's files is something called Steam App ID, which is something that every game that's on Steam's platform has to have. Uh, the game, the the app ID was apparently also created way back in October of last year, which is about six months after the game released on PS4. 
And then also when you're downloading the PC version, it contains a Steamworks folder, which no, I know what you're thinking. Isn't that the bathhouse in Boys Town in Chicago, Steamworks? Where all of, of course. the the free thinking people in Chicago go to take baths together and make sexual advances upon each other? No. Steamworks is a folder among all the files in your game um, that houses the Steam-related stuff for the Steam PC client for Valve. So it's not the sex bathhouse. Not the sex bathhouse. Not at all. <clears throat> but I can see how you would make that, that uh, mistake. I mean, everyone knows about Steamworks in Chicago. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that both of these basically just point to the fact that, hey, this exclusivity with Epic Games Store right now is likely just temporary, like most other exclusivities with Epic Games Store. Uh, and so this is probably already ready to go. I imagine Steam only has to like push a button and it goes live just whenever Square Enix says it can. Fun thing about this, before I was a PC gamer, I remember when the Epic Game Store came into prominence and all the people on the internet was like, we don't like it, boo, it sucks. I'm like, what are you complaining about? It's a different store. It's not a big deal. And then I got a PC and I was like, you know what? This Epic Game Store, not my favorite thing. Uh, it's nice that they give you free games and the exclusive deals are good because it helps people make games that maybe couldn't afford them before because sure. Epic just throws millions of dollars at people. They're like, we get exclusive for six months and we'll just give, we'll fund the rest of your development. I'm like, cool. Awesome for them. Let me know when it comes to steam so I can buy it in a store that I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> they actually just got a shopping cart functionality the other day. I saw that on Twitter. Oh, wow. It's Look only been that. two years. <laughs> I know. Been, crazy. <laughs> but, while the game might be coming to Steam, you might not want it on PC yet because Final Fantasy VII PC is called, quote, the worst AAA PC port in a long time. There's a journalist by the name of Alex Battaglia of Digital Foundry, so he knows a thing or two about technology and video games, uh, tweeted a ton of issues that he's having. He's technically not covering the game necessarily for Digital Foundry, but he is tweeting about his experience with it. Uh, on December 17th, one day after it released on the Epic Games Store. Here's a couple of quotes. As I mentioned, I'm not covering Final Fantasy VII Remake, yet the stutters that happen as you immediately get in-game rendered graphics, uh, sorry, as you immediately get in-game rendered graphics are just unacceptable. Anyone testing and playing this game on PC before release should surely realize that your cinematic game should not do that. <clears throat> he later also tweeted that <clears throat> there's an incredible stutter even when the game is in default mode, like not like tricked out super PC mode, even just regular default mode, there's a ton of stuttering going on. And if you look into the article too, there's even a little bit of like, you can tell that the game itself doesn't know that it's slowing down, but the frame rate, like they did this frame rate testing and the frame rate didn't show that it was dipping much, although it was stuttering really hardcore. So mm -hmm. uh, another digital foundry journalist, John Linneman corroborated the report stating that quote, the smooth presentation was central to its storytelling and this version compromises it finally alex wraps up saying i humbly submit that no one should buy it now adam mm -hmm. i'm not one to be a conspiracy theorist but i can't help but think that square enix botched the pc port for the epic games store to make epic games look crappy so that when it finally does come to steam they patch it in time and then it releases on steam it's like oh steam's the better version of the game am i wrong I don't think Square Enix care where they get their money from, so I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily. To me, that just it speaks of like, hey, can somebody port this? And I'm like, I guess. What's Jeff doing in accounting? He can do it, I suppose. <laughs> it's just 
it's not even that like so porting has been a thing you know like people get games on pc that were fantastic on pc and console ones get less port sometimes it goes the other way uh just for for the guys from digital foundry like again this is their job is like how technically well do things perform across you know these are this is the go-to source and they're just literally said this is the worst triple pc port i've seen for years and you shouldn't get it like that's bad uh that's real bad like the fact like you said the game doesn't even know that it's awful it's like, oh no, dude, you got 60 frames. And it's like, that's 10. Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? It's like, no, 60. We're good. We're good, fam. It seems like somebody didn't put any time or thought into the port. They were just like, hey, we got a PS5 version, put it on PC. And I, it's weird. And they normally don't, like, you'll see, like, there's issues where things aren't, like, perfect. Like, I remember, like, Deathloop when it launched, like, had a little bit of issues here and there, but not to the point where it's like, oh, here's a cutscene and the game crashes kind yeah. of a thing. So, it, somebody just did not do their job uh, at all. So, that's rough. Woof. Which is a shame, because that game is fantastic. And if that's the first way that you experience it is with that performance issue, then, hey, go pick it up free on PlayStation 5 and get the free upgrade next Wednesday. There you that's go. the better way to play it right now. That's what, I'll, that's what I'll have to do. I would Also, uh, I didn't include it in the story, but Square Enix, you know, we're used to spending $70 on next-gen exclusives, right? Like right. all PS, well, except for you can get Horizon if you do a little cheat around. But <laughs> that's right. a lot of them are 70 bucks now. And it's like, you know, they're like, oh, these are truly next-gen experiences. Da-da-da-da. Game's been the same price for a long time. This one is $70 on PC, which never Ooh. happens because PC is always cheaper. Yeah. And there's a bunch of quotes for like, yeah, we think it's worth it. And it's like, mm, is it? Because apparently it doesn't work. So I don't think it's worth the $70. Yeah. yeah PC, games on PC aren't that expensive. Not only are they not that expensive, but like the whole conceit of the Epic Game Store when it was created and their developer percentage was that like, hey, developers don't have to pay as much to us, the Epic Game Store. Therefore, they can charge less for their games. Stop talking to me, HomePod. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, so, but so, this is a classic Square Enix thing, right? Yeah. This is the company that said, you know, 9 million copies of Tomb Raider. That game's a failure. It's like, excuse me? So Square Enix is just a weird company, they're, they're uh, just strange. in general. They make just some how great they deal stuff, sales. But They yeah. do make some good stuff, but they're just weird with how their sales projections and how they do business has always been weird to me. So, uh. All in all, Final Fantasy VII Remake is now accessible to a lot more people. And for that, I'm happy. Let's move on to playtime, where we talk about what we played this week. Adam, it, it seems like every freaking week you're playing a trillion new games that I've never even heard of that somehow are amazing. And yet again, like, how am I someone who sits here and covers the game industry every single week with you and I still have no idea what these games are? Tell me about them. You're a scrub. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're fine. Oh, well, the number one thing is I saw Spider-Man. Everyone watched Spider-Man. Spider-Man's yes. great. Go see Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the best. I don't see it on the biggest That's screen. That's my number one thing. Yep. Uh, and then December 22nd, Matrix. <laughs> Do you know what launches? It's very family friendly. In fact, it's something that's really great for all ages is the Matrix mm -hmm. Resurrections on December 22nd. It's dropping on HBO Max as well as playing in theaters. And uh, Max. It's, it's a great time. You can go see it. I encourage you to. With the whole, f every, everyone I can in take your my family, family, huh? You can take your whole family. Oh. I, I tell you what, 
It's going to be around the holidays. Invite everyone over and say, hey, everyone, instead of sitting around the table and looking at each other's faces for Christmas dinner, why don't we watch The Matrix Resurrections in the living room? I'll get three TV dinner trays out, and we can all take turns moving the tray back and forth and watching the other person eat while we all view The Matrix Resurrections together on HBO Max in our living rooms on December 22nd as a family. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, a quick aside, besides Spider-Man and, Ra- and uh, Matrix, there is a clip of Keanu, because, you know, Keanu's been doing, him and uh, Carrie and Moss have been doing tons of press for the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a clip of, someone asked uh, Keanu a question, and I don't remember what the question was, but then he starts to laugh, and every, so everyone, you should get on Black Twitter, because Black Twitter's great, and they said that Keanu Reeves had the black uncle laugh, where he, like, went on the side, he's like, <laughs> like, there's, like, a way that black everyone like a black uncle he's like <laughs> and he was like slapping his like keanu you've never been more black in your life and that's fantastic <laughs> welcome to the club buddy it's if you can f- just look for like keanu reeves black uncle laugh and you'll find it's a 15 second clip and it's phenomenal all right but speaking of black uncles uh i've continued to this has nothing to do with that uh i think it's called a wilder myth or wilder myth something like that it is a pc game that was an early access and came out in full this year and i was you know, I was looking at game of the year um, list from different publications because, you know, it's getting that time of year. And I'm like, what do people think was good? So I need to play stuff. And this game was on a lot of lists for like best strategy, best RPG, that kind of a thing. Um, and Wildermyth is also coming to Switch next year. So for people who don't have PC, oh, sweet. be looking forward to that. Uh, I played it and the game is fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, I can see why it gets nines all over the place. Basically what the game is. If you ever played D&D, I think their whole, their whole conceit of like, you've ever sat down and played a tabletop game where it's like, hey, the best part of it is that you're playing with somebody who's like bouncing your ideas off of you, right? So it's about having choices and have things affected. And so basically it is a strategy RPG that has like pro- a procedural story. And so basically it That's plays out like a storybook. Like your characters are like, you're writing your story in a storybook. And your characters go in and you start low level and, and you build up or whatever. But like there's tons of choices. It's like based on their personalities. It's like, oh, this person is um, uh, adventurous and romantic. So like they want to go out and fight the bad guys. And they also want to flirt a little bit. And then your characters like they get older as you play the game. And then they can have relationships with each other. They have children with each other. And then eventually they're like, well, we're 50 years old. We're retiring as adventurers. And they've got this cool gear and they're leveled up and everything. And then you bring in your next level of adventures and you keep writing the story. And they're like, oh, I heard about you. You're in all the stories. And then like randomly, your 55-year-old hero will come and help your new party. It's just, it's like a procedural procedural, like strategy RPG that just like keeps building on itself. And it's just like, here's just like, yeah, the game is making you a story and you play through the story. It's like a uh, choose your own adventure, but an RPG on PC, and it's fucking fantastic, and everyone should play it. That's awesome. Can you can you do me it's a favor, cool. Adam? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Google images for this game. Yeah, <clears throat> I've just Googled Wilder Myth, and I'm looking at the like the official title of it in its text treatment, and whatever they're doing with the W. I can tell you what I think the W is here. In Wilderman, mm-hmm. I think it's a couple of big old saggy titties with either oh. trumpets sticking out of them or gun stocks sticking out as nipples on these big old titties. And that's just like the funny Chad. But I also don't know what they're actually supposed to be other than big old saggy titties or like a big juicy butt. What is the W? 
as someone who's played the game and knows a little bit about like the backstory mm-hmm. of the game, like what what is that? What is this supposed it's to represent? It means adventure, right? You you get a book. Like the Wilder Myth is a book in the game. And you look at that title, you're telling me you're not interested and you don't want to open up that book and learn about the but stories what, inside. But what is the W? What are the, the titties or butt no with the gun stock sticking out of I them? have no idea. I could not tell you anything about that. <laughs> but you're seeing the art style. It's pop-up book. It yeah. is straight up like yeah. flat paper characters in like a 3D world. It's very cool. Dope. So enjoy the titties of the cover of the book. The book is very important in the game. Titties are good. Maybe there's... Maybe there's there's lore about the titty W. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I have to tell you. Uh, and then I played more Inscription. God, I can't wait for that game to come more places. You need to play. Hey, Chad, remember yeah. when I said Inscription was good and you were yes. like, oh, I wish I had a PC or whatever. Yeah. Chad, you need to, whenever you get a chance, play Inscription the minute you can. Okay. I, okay. That's yes, all sir. I'll say. Yes, sir. It is fantastic. If not, the other half will come for you. <laughs> the pirate mermaid half? <laughs> yeah, it's going to come and get you. Uh, yeah, everyone, If God, I can't wait for Inscription to come more places. It's how I felt like with Loop Hero. I'm like, man, this game is great. I can't wait for people playing on Switch. And now a bunch of people are getting on Switch. They're like, Loop Hero's great. Like, yeah, I said that months ago. But I'm glad that you're playing it now. I've been wanting to play Inscription um, so bad that, like, I actually opened up Steam on my Mac just to make mm-hmm. sure that I couldn't play it on my Mac. And I can't. Just a Isn't there, like, a Windows for Mac, like, thing you can do? I mean, you can buy a Windows license and I can partition part of my hard drive as windows or i can you know emulate windows and vmware but no i i'd have to buy windows and i have to it's it's a big old mess it's a thing but yeah, yeah whenever that comes to switch in other places god everyone play inscription if you can it is can't say anything about it because i don't want to ruin it but man that game goes places and it's very good and then last i played artful escape because that was on the game awards stuff and people were like i like artful escape and artful escape is very pretty. It's fantastic. So remember how, uh, what is it? That game that's really long and boring with the eight Octopath Traveler. <laughs> sure. It's 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 way too long. It's a fine game. It's, it it's way too long. long so Octopath yeah. has that. It's the two point five D where it's like layered, but yeah. then it's like sprite based stuff. Artful Escape is that two point five layered style, but just in modern day art, and it's very very pretty. And it's about a boy who wants to be a rock star, and he goes to space. And becomes a rock star. And Carl Weathers is the voice in it. Oh, dope. And you got a stupid. Oh, he's not going. even the most famous. Uh, Mark Strong is in it, I believe. Leah Headey. It's got a lot of famous actors oh, in it. And I was playing that game because, you know, people said it was good. And it's three and a half hours. I got an hour into it and said, I'm done playing this game. I do not like Artful Escape. Oh, it no. is very pretty. The music is really cool, but the game has basically no gameplay. It's walk left to right and then like hold down X. And that's basically. The, there are sections where you do like a Simon says, you know, like you have like guitar keys. So it's like X, Y, B, right bumper. And then you play the song. But that's so few and far between. It's yeah. honestly 80 percent of that game is just walking and then maybe holding X, make things come light up. That's and how I, was like, I wish about, the game was um, more fun. Uh, the night of. No, no, nope, that's a HBO drama. The night okay. is one where you're a cat. Cool cat. A night out. A night. Fuck. Cat game. A night out. Let's see what that brings. I'm a Google party. Is cat. that where you just like walk around as a cat? No. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, game where you play as a cat who likes music. <laughs> what is this music? game? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. A night. The night of. The, the night. Fuck. It's it's a game. Mm-hmm. 
indie game, like all of your, everyone's animals, but you're like humanoid, you're personified, and you have all of, like, I don't know. It's like if you're a teen or something like that, and you play guitar. Or something. Okay. Oh, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Yes. Thank you. There you go. Night in the Woods. I was like, man, I, <laughs> I wasn't so thinking of anthropomorphized animals. Yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. I like Night in the Woods, and then it started to get a little long. I was like, all right, I'm doing a lot of walking, not a lot of mystery here. It eventually gets good, but it takes very long to get interesting. This one, I was like, is an interesting in the for a three and a half hour game. I was just like, no, it's very pretty. I like the music, but you literally just move to the right. Yeah, that's the that's the gameplay part of it. And some people are like, it's great, but I know people will hate this game if you're not into this kind of thing. And I'm like, I am not that person. So you mentioned I tried it. It's- you mentioned Mark Strong's in it, and there's a movie that's coming out on December 22nd called The King's Man. Which is a movie that Mark Strong was in the original two movies. It's not in this one because it's a prequel. But The Kingsman is coming December 22nd. It's not a family film, but it is available in theaters. Um, Mm -hmm. I suggest don't see it as a family, but perhaps see it individually. Go at different times of day (laughs) so your paths don't cross. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, good cast, but I'm good. No, thank you. I will stay away. What about you? Um... Let me let me tell you something, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yar. I want you to think about our our. Uh, when people want to feel powerful, and if you think about the ways that people make themselves feel powerful, so maybe you're the kind of person that comes home and you're like, I'm gonna have such good sex with, I'm gonna do good sex to my partner. Yeah. Joyce, get over here. We're doing good sex in the afternoon today because I want to see myself with the lights on doing it good. That's no, how I'm some tired. people say, I'm powerful. I feel, oh, I feel so powerful right now. Some mm-hmm. people like to go buy a bunch of gaudy things that are very expensive and then wear them into a homeless shelter and say, you can't afford this. And that's how they feel powerful. Mm-hmm. I play Beat Saber. And oh, when I yes. play Beat Saber, I feel fucking invincible. Like no one can do anything to me and I'm fucking perfect. Aren't you number four or is it number three? I saw your pinned uh, tweet. My pinned tweet uh, at, at one point in time, I haven't checked back in on the score on this song because I haven't played it in a very long time. But at one point in time, I was number four in the world. Don't want to brag. Ooh. Jeff Keeley. Um, wait, is this side, this side to my face is Jeff Keeley. That side is the pirate. Yeah, mermaid. that's your Keeley side. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, at one time I was number four in the world on the Crab Rave song in Beat Saber. But uh, a little tiny story, the PlayStation VR mm-hmm. originally launched and the little, it has a little breakout box that you have to attach everything through and you have to unplug the HDMI from your PlayStation and route it all through there, it didn't support HDR. So when PS4 Pro launched, and HDR also came to PlayStation 4, they put a new version of PSVR out that had that, that allowed you to continue to leave it plugged in and still enjoy HDR content through your games on the TV. Dope. I literally, I traded my PSVR for a red guitar so I could call the guitar Kratos, and then I bought the new version of it with HDR pass-through. So I could leave it all set up in my entertainment center and not have to worry about switching it out because it's a pain in the butt. There are already 50,000 cables for PSVR having mm-hmm. to undo them and redo them every time you want to play it. I'm not going to do that. Fast forward to PlayStation 5, which has HDMI 2.1, 120 hertz. Surprise, the breakout box from three years ago does not have HDMI 2.1 on it. 
So I did um, not hook up my PSVR when I moved into this new apartment six months ago. And this was the first time that I decided, let me just, I created my entertainment center, cable managed all the shit out of it. I was like, all right, I, I, I haven't played Beat Saber in so long. There's a Billie Eilish pack that's out. There's a Lady Gaga pack they announced during the Game Awards. And like, I've, I've bought every single music pack. I've played through them all. I had a ton of fun. I don't know who I didn't know who BTS was, but now Dynamite is one of my like freaking favorite songs to play on that thing because it's so fun. So I was like, yeah, let me just. I want to explore the rest of these. It was the largest pain in my ass to get all the. It was disgusting what I had to do to get all of these different cables routed all over the place so I could plug oh, it in for stuff. thirty minutes of Beat Saber and then put it all away after. But. For that 30 minutes, I felt powerful. You were a god. Yeah, I was a god. And it felt so good, again, to be back in it. And I got in there, and they normally, when I'm playing a song, I'm so good now that when I play it for the first time, so booting up one of these Billie Eilish songs, I usually play it on expert level, and I play it on the faster song setting for the first Mm -hmm. time. And and usually I come out of that with either an A or an S rank because I'm so good. But now there's a faster song like faster faster song level faster faster yeah, is that faster, the fastest faster. you can go it's like fastest and so i was like fuck i'm gonna do that i didn't know this was a thing so now i can play it on even more sped up and it's even more fun going back to playing other things and i'm bl- blasting through expert plus stuff and it's just a good time if you haven't played beat saber if you don't have a way to play beat saber don't buy the upgrade for final fantasy 7 remake you go buy beat saber and a vr headset instead and do that that's 300 dollars or whatever <laughs> question <laughs> but it's good yes is it on meta quest now because it's a different name is it, it is. on quest and in fact oh uh, i'm not excited but facebook slash meta owns the company now who made beat saber they bought the beat mm. saber developers so interesting i'm sure future iterations of beat saber will not come to playstation stuff and will be quest exclusive which sucks i do have a quest too so i think i can actually play that i've always been meaning to play it. it's always been like the best looking vr experience that's ever been out yeah. there question though mm-hmm. is duel of the fates in the game it is not but god but mm-hmm. you have the quest too which you can yep. hook up to your PC via the Steam Link mm-hmm. or Oculus Link or whatever. A lot of mods, the, right? And yeah, there you can have, I'm sure someone has created a Beat Saber level for Duel of the Fates that you can do. I mean, that's literally perfect, right? Yeah. Beat Saber, yeah. it's just lightsabers. Mm-hmm. So having Duel of the Fates is perfect. Yeah, I, I need to try that out because that game's always looked really cool. I just never was like, I can't play it. It's like, oh, my son has owned Oculus Quest 2 for about a year. Just haven't even it's asked him right about it. there, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best VR experience, hands down. Freaking love it. Um, I also played the Halo Infinite campaign a little bit more. Last time I talked, I hadn't even gotten to the open world part, but now mm. I'm I'm in it. I've done basically like one of every type of mission on there. So like, okay. there's the I'm I'm loving the fact that you can. There are certain points on the map where it's like, oh, you have to take out this particular person, and they're infamous for this. And after that, you unlock this like slight variation on a plasma pistol or a slight variation on the assault rifle or whatever it might be. I was like, that's really cool that I'm like able to customize these weapons a little bit more, uh, that I'm able to upgrade certain things. Uh, the, the Spartan, forget what they call cores? it. The Spartan cores, yeah. And to have like mm. actual customizable and upgradable skills, like my, my grapple hook, which again, this is not a shooting game. If you're shooting in this game, you're doing it wrong. You have to like, you have to grapple, you have to punch, and then you grapple some more. And then now I can grapple and it stuns them. Or I grapple and mm. a big old energy wave like hits people. And it's, it's, I'm having so much fun with the Halo Infinite campaign. 
Yeah. The, and that thing all the way up is the best. The grapple hook or yes. grapple shot, whatever it's called. Yeah. It's I fantastic. And but the the whole time I was playing it through this open world and just like going to fob after fob, taking them over and and making them mine, it's like, God, I'd love to be doing this with the boys. I'd love to be able to co-op through the Halo Infinite stuff. I mean, the multiplayer is great, awesome, but like co-op campaign, I God, I can't wait to play through this again with them. Speaking of Xbox, I also watched, I didn't realize this came out, but I watched the whole thing, all six episodes of Power On, the Xbox untold story or whatever it is, the, the Microsoft documentary on Xbox. It's really interesting, really cool. They cover everything from like the concept of it and why they decided they needed to make a game engine or a game console because the PlayStation was like, Sony's going to now invade the living room and Microsoft's not going to have a PC in the living room and what are we going to do? Mm. Uh, so Sony's going to conquer the house and so we need to respond to that all the way through like Red Ring of Death and Connect and all of that fiasco. So it's really, really cool. Four, six episodes. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, but it's technically through IMDB TV, which is a fucking awful platform. And so even if you're a Prime member, there are ads in the middle of it and the ad there's like they're intended to be watched in 40 minute sittings per episode and so there's not an ad mm -hmm. break in there so like IMDb TV will just interrupt someone mid sentence to show you two ads and then jump <laughs> you right back in the middle of their sentence it's like god damn is it, it not on YouTube oh maybe it's on YouTube too i don't know i just searched on it on my TV on your TV yeah. yeah i've been needing to watch it it really was that came out i just haven't watched it yet the same thing i like all the every time someone makes a documentary is like, oh, God of War documentary. That's awesome. Oh, oh God, fucking, yeah, that sounds great. We're going to find all the E.T. cartridges in a landfill. Fucking I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then finally, the dawning, the dawning came to Destiny 2 again this week. Uh, and the dawning is a Christmas or holiday-inspired event every year where you just spread cheer. And there's so many great things. You, you visit this old, thirsty, horny lady in the tower. And she's just like, nice. oh, hello, Guardian. Oh, give a little cheer. And then she's like, make me a butterscotch cookie. And then you do. And That's she's very like, sexual. Oh. She's so sexual. She's, uh, Ava Levante is her name. Wait, hmm. yes. We call her Ava Longoria or Ava Mendez. But her real name is Ava Levante. But... um. It's fantastic, and I realized playing it this year, in, in particular, I was like, I just fucking love the everything's so happy. You're whole, you're running around there, snowballs now in a bunch of different, like especially like end game, really mm -hmm. tough content. There's now just snowballs all over the place that you throw at enemies, and it like slows them down, and it's fun. Um, but you're just giving, you're just making cookies, and there are a couple of quests about over the last year. There've been like a couple of each season has like its own villain, and so mm -hmm. one of them's like this Elixir race, and one of them's this Keitel cabal champion person and the quests this year are all about like hey we've reconciled with these people and they're good people and they're a part of our team now we want to figure out what do they eat because like our random stuff that we eat as humans or <laughs> like that's not what they eat or what they enjoy they so eat? i don't i want to make them a cookie they're gonna like so like go try to okay. figure out uh, what is what is kind of like so that we can make them the perfect cookie and make the, and make them feel welcome during the dawning it's like oh what a fucking just good wholesome warm little event just making fucking cookies. I love it. But of course, the core gameplay of Destiny 2 is killing. So it's like, all right, to figure out what the Cabal are like, go kill 25 Cabal. <laughs> and then you'll unlock this recipe. Search their corpses for what their favorite cookies are. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. But twist this brings us into a game on game show for this week. The game show on our gaming show. We play a game called Game On. The Game On. Game, 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 game. Adam. 
Yeah. Around holiday events, I would love for us to take a moment and determine what a holiday event would look like in a couple of games that don't currently have one. Okay. That's our, our game before we get into the rest of the news about Breath of the Wild 2 and whatever else fucking happened this week. So what I would love for us to do is just each pick a game and then together we determine, hey, what does is, what is a, a wholesome, wonderful holiday event look like in this game? Mm. Okay, I've got some in mind already. Oh, you do? Let's hear it. Let's yep. go for it. Jurassic World Evolution. <gasps> Jurassic World Evolution. Okay. Christmas okay. time in the park. Obviously, decorations on the animal cages. Mm -hmm. What if we feed them? So you normally have to feed them like goats and shit like that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead of goats, what if we feed them like goats dressed in gingerbread? <laughs> like we put them like okay you know like a little playhouse like you would have for little kids outside and they go and mm -hmm. play and pretend and be house and whatever you put like three goats in there and then you just but it's a gingerbread house and then you just let the t-rex just fucking go eat house after house but you have to like of course build up the houses yourself and and, mm -hmm. and put them in the pens put them together and put them in there or okay. So the way that Jurassic World works is you like go out on expeditions, you get fossils. Once you get enough, you like, you know, get DNA from the fossils. And the more you get, the higher percentage you have of a hatch working. So it's basically just I like, do gather more resources and you'll have a better success and you can modify the genes. What if like the end game con or the end, like the, the final reward is that it's like, oh, new fossil discovered. It, it seems it appears to be, you know, a quadru quadrupedal animal in the prehistoric era and it's a fucking reindeer so at the end you just get a reindeer and you can put it in your jurassic park and they break out and kill the guest <laughs> <laughs> just running around with guests impaled on their antlers yeah they get out really easy because they can jump the fences they don't have to worry about fly. the electric fences they can just jump it they fly and they can kill your guest <laughs> they're a nuisance <laughs> they have an That's alpha awesome. which is rudolph of course is that, that a, is that a yeah, mechanic in the game uh, an alpha well the raptors specifically they ah. have to be around other raptors that they fucking go ape shit and one of them asserts dominance they're like yo i'm the big bad they're like yeah you're right let's follow blue so yeah just have it with reindeer because again the best part of the game of course is making a functioning park but also when shit goes wrong so mm -hmm. the reindeer are really fun but there's like a certain normally because you know reindeer are herbivores but you know maybe the end game content is you get the her the the carnivore version of the reindeer <laughs> and have that in your park have fun i love that did you speaking of of herbivores and reindeers did you ever in like elementary school get conned into buying reindeer grass or reindeer food and it was just like dried up grass and a ziploc bag <laughs> we made it we didn't get conned into buying it but i think like first like kindergarten or first grade or something it was like make reindeer food and yeah it was like grass and glitter or some bullshit some <laughs> no i just go throw it in your yard i'm pretty sure we bought ours like it was a it was a fundraiser it was like hey pay two dollars and buy reindeer food for santa's reindeer and put it out with the cookies it's a scam so yeah and it's just literally somebody went out in their backyard and just got a bunch of grass and put it in the microwave now we had arts and crafts we made it one year because they were like what can i do for an hour to make these kids shut the fuck up <laughs> make some reindeer <laughs> stuff i love it um, I have a game that I'm pretty sure does not have uh, a holiday event around it. 
Okay. But I would love to know what a Gears of War holiday might look like. Mm, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a specific like Gears 5 or Gears of War Judgment or whatever, but like what what would a Gears of War holiday look like? I think it's cosmetics. Those big buff burly men and just put them in like Santa Santa gear and elf, elf tights. costumes and yeah, elf tights and all candy that good cane stuff. Elf and tights. Just, yes. Oh, yes. get like a candy cane skin for your lancer as you cut someone in half and it's just a candy cane. <gasps> yes. What if what if the teeth of the saw on the lancer are all Christmas mm-hmm. lights? Oh yeah, and they're just like going, Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Yeah. That'd be a fun multiplayer thing. It's like it's Christmas time. Kill everybody. <laughs> that would be fun. I like it a lot. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Do you have more? Because I have more ideas. Go for it. Let's go for it. Hold on. I got to click on my thing. I'm opening my app. Because there are certain games. So there was this game that, uh, I don't know if it's out yet, but it is, it's like a Thomas the Train killer game where like this train that's got spider legs tries to kill you or whatever it's like a weird survival game on pc so i'm just trying to think from dark tower series it might actually something like that so my idea is take something that is a horror and put it into the uh you know christmas christmas vibe my idea is alien isolation so you're being hunted down and stalked and if you speak into your microphone it comes and kills you but it's actually just a little elf. It's a little <laughs> elf. Look at you stole his toys. He's coming <laughs> to get you. He's gonna kill you real bad. Get a st- he, and he still has that alien mouth. So like when he opens it up, <laughs> he grabs your head. He's like and a just... humanoid-looking alien, but he just yeah. or a, a elf, but he just opens his mouth and just... and a little, another mouth comes out of it and blows the back of your head out. But yeah, <laughs> just any kind of horror survival game and just throw in it's like oh man you know i don't know much about hanukkah but just like a hanukkah themed one so it's like oh you know i i don't know i know they have like menorahs and stuff and dragels but i don't know a lot but you could do a survival horror game where you know being hunted down by a jewish thing i don't i don't know the extent i know of hanukkah is that it's it was all around like an an oil lamp and the oil lamp was only supposed Mm -hmm. to burn for one night but the boys who were carrying it, it somehow burned for eight nights instead. Eight nights, yeah. Whoa. And hence the menorah eight candles. So yeah, maybe there are eight elves hunting you and all of them are <laughs> Still on fire. elves though. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Just take something that's terrifying and scary and just put a Christmas or holiday skin on it. It's always fun. Yeah, that's great. What if, okay, Dead by Daylight, same idea, mm-hmm. but they're all like... Martin Short from as Jack Frost from Santa Claus. Is Jack Frost from Santa Claus Three? Yes, yeah, and Claus then 3. you could get the Jack Frost, the uh, Michael Keaton movie, where he's a dad. <laughs> he's a dad who becomes also, a snowman. Yes. Also, alternate costume, the Jack Frost horror movie, which is also called Jack Frost, but it's about a serial killer who becomes a snowman. Yes. I think his dick's a carrot or something. <laughs> um, I think he like tries to fuck somebody in that movie. So just all of like the corny. Like holiday themed horror movies are yes. in Dead by Daylight. Yes. And one of them was also Joe and Michael Pesci. Keaton. Yeah. Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci is Why? a wet What's... bandit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming to get you. <laughs> coming to kill you. Yeah. You could be Kevin McAllister then as yeah. one of the survivors. Oh, that would That's be so actually, fantastic. He'd be one of the killers. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Dope. 
That was a fun little uh, fun little twist in our normal episode. Thanks for going on that journey with me. We've got a few Jeff news Keeley stories approved. here before we get to money. That's right. You want money? You want games? Wait, which side of my face? This side of my face. Is Jeff there you Keeley. go. That's good. Now we're full Jeff Keeley. Keeley to Keeley. It's like Jungle to Jungle starring Tim Allen and Mimi Siku. But it's Keeley looking at Keeley. <laughs> this is a joke for the nine people who watch us on YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's jump into the rest of our quest log. First, starting with Holden is dead. Long live Holden. His memorial segment, Breath of the Wild 2. Possible gameplay features. This comes to us from Jared Moore at IGN. There are patents that have been filed by Nintendo that appear to hint at gameplay features for the upcoming sequel of the yet-untitled Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 sequel. Uh, what's interesting to me, I didn't understand that like, you patent game features, like gameplay features. I didn't know that's something you have to patent. But apparently it is. But So real quick about yeah. that. I don't remember. I was listening. I listened to so many freaking podcasts. I don't remember which one. Somebody mentioned about the Wonder Woman game that the Nemesis system is in the Wonder Woman game. I think because it's Monolith. I don't know if that was true or someone was just speculating. I don't remember. Someone said Nemesis system in Wonder Woman. Remember, Nemesis is, is patented. So that's the one. I guess thing you I do have to patent your yeah, gameplay. That was patented, yeah. but like these things. I didn't realize this is something you could patent. Let's talk about him. So, as spotted yep. by Game Reactor, Nintendo recently filed three new patents with the World Intellectual Property Organization, or WIPO, as I like to say, Whoop. that appear to detail gameplay mechanics set to feature in Breath of the Wild's sequel. So, there are three of them. Each one comes with their own diagram, kind of showing a character performing the actions. The first one is unofficially being referred to by the community as free falling. And it free describes. Fall. Uh, <laughs> it describes a player playing as John Mayer, and John Mayer laments about being a dad, as most of his songs are about. Um, they describe a move performed by the player, Link, that will cause him to perform a special action while moving through the air and shooting an arrow toward an object. Second one is an action where the player is able to pass through solid objects positioned above them. Which, again, I, like, that's, I didn't realize that's something you can patent. No one else is allowed to move through solid objects above you. And finally, the, the final patent is the ability to affect movement-related parameters on objects in the game so as to return such items to their previously recorded positions. Or, basically, you can turn back time on an object so it returns the position it once was. Now, I just played recently God of War Ascension, that hit blockbuster title. Got Everyone loved it. Tro trophy. And there is a mechanic in that one that seems very similar to what Nintendo just patented, where you have like an, an old state of like a bridge or a building, and then like a future state, and you can move in between those two. So like, oh man, I get here and I can't pass because the bridge is broken. Well, let me just rewind the bridge to when it was back and alive and, and mm -hmm. wonderful. That's kind of what I this sounds like I just played It Takes Two. They literally, one of the powers is you get a rewind time. Yeah. So, I'm not a patent lawyer. Prove Never it. claimed to be. Show me but your non-license. Well, yeah, I'll show you not my paperwork. I, I assume it's just a thing you have to do regardless if, like, you clearly don't own the idea. No idea is original. No one actually owns an idea. But I think you just have to be like, okay, this is going to be in our game. So, in case this becomes a thing. Again, like, the Nemesis system is like, you have enemies. And like, yes, there are there are other games that use some things similar to the Nemesis system, but it's like we own the name Nemesis system. Right. It's kind of that nonsense. So, yeah, being able to fall through the air, not 
Nintendo did not make that up. Uh, but I guess you just have to file a patent because you got to do it. Dope. But funny thing, all these things I believe were shown in that tra- uh, the last trailer we had, which had the gameplay stuff. Because I remember him like going through the floor up to the thing above it. And so, but maybe these are new things we'll play in the game. Reversing time, jumping through the floors, doing special actions in the air. Special. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see all of the different types of special actions I can do in the air. While I mean, shooting an arrow shoot- at an object. Yeah. Maybe like shoot an arrow and it hits a thing. Special action. Special action. That's dope. Uh, Nintendo's still on, tra- on track for releasing that sequel in the next 12 months. So hopefully we'll learn That's more about that very soon. Mm-hmm. Where's Metro Prime Forward? Where's that Metro Prime? Where's that Metro Prime? Oh shit, something I didn't... I meant to talk about this during game uh, playtime. Look at this little thing. I talked about uh, it the other you day. finally made it. Yeah, I, made, I finally finished it. My little 3D printed N64. It's got a little working button. Oh, it clicks and everything? I got a little Super Mario 64 cartridge. I can put it in and out. And get this, the memory expansion slot, you open it up, and that's mm-hmm. where your memory card goes. Oh, damn. That thing is really cool. Yeah. How freaking dope is that? And it's a fully functioning Raspberry Pi 4. So I said this Raspberry Pi in there. That's yeah. dope. It's cool as shit. That? Everyone, get on the YouTube. That's awesome. Um, Dope. Let's move on. Sony wants to fix indie relationships. This comes from Rebecca Valentine at IGN, who has blocked Holden on Twitter. Really? Yeah. You got to stop sending those dick pics. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) That's what it was. 100%. Every Tuesday morning, like clockwork, every Tuesday morning, 10.37 a.m., big giant hog goes on Twitter and just for no reason, at Rebecca Valentine. Yeah, big old fat hog. She just finally blocked him. Um, Ten is too many. <laughs> <laughs> For context, the information we're about to talk about comes from a much bigger article with lots of information in it, so I'd encourage you to go to IGN and read that. Um, but this is all about Sony's relationship with indies. Uh, earlier this summer, back in July, there were a bunch of indie publishers who publicly called out Sony for its ongoing dismissal of the immense challenges facing small developers trying to publish games on PlayStation. This was not too long after we actually got news that Shuhei Yoshida is now, like his new position is all about relationships with indie developers and things like that too. So a lot of these issues um, were brought to light and they were things like having really overly complex tools and forms, processes for getting published on the store were unclear, There was poor communication with indie partners when it came to getting answers or guidance or issues. People didn't know where to go to or who to talk to. And a lot of times it came down to like, you have to just know somebody in the inside if you want to get anything done. Otherwise, you're you're SOL. And they also expressed that while discoverability was an industry-wide issue, Sony was at best indifferent or worst, actively adversarial to these struggles, making PlayStation a very challenging platform for indie game sales. So that was all something that was kind of revealed back in July. A bunch of indie developers all coming out and saying, hey, yeah, this has kind of been my experience with Sony as well. And so now there's this uh, idea of reducing complexity with Sony pledging, among other things, to improve communication channels, clarify who publishers should be taking concerns to, which is important, and then making sure to give enough detail about its operations to its partners so that they can make decisions. Sony also promised to give all of its active publishing and developing partners access to better game sales, engagement, promotion analytics, and improve discoverability, which is a huge problem. 
And then finally, Sony says it will modernize its tool set and improve its ticketing systems, documentation, customer service efforts, and partner uh, and customer service efforts for partner issues. So that's kind of what has come out and said, hey, we hear you. We understand your concerns. This is what we're doing to try to improve. Uh, last little bit here. Acapura Games CEO David Logan says that both Acapura's account manager and head of PlayStation creators Greg Rice reached out to his company personally following the publication of the original article. It said, quote, They were obviously crushed at the news, and it was clear from the account managers that at Sony that the account managers at Sony had been working hard for a long time to push through a lot of the ideas the indie developers flagged in our initial discussions. After the articles, that seemed to give us a huge boost to initiatives they had already been planning because rapidly after Sony started rolling out a bunch of big changes. That's that kind of story in a nutshell. It's I think it's really great to see, one, that PlayStation recognized already, it seems, from what David Logan just said. They recognized already that there were issues with the platform. There were issues with developer relations and that they already seem to be planning some things, but this kind of just lit a fire under their ass. It's like, shit, people are calling us out now. Uh, let's implement these as quickly as possible. So like, it's good that they're aware of it and that they're starting to make some some changes in response to this. So uh, I think all around this is just like really good news. If you're an indie developer or if you're someone who just like supports indie games and indie developers and want them to succeed on your favorite platform, this is excellent news for you. Yep. It's real cool to see because yeah, I remember during that the summer when everyone was like, yo, this is difficult and kind of seems to be a problem where like if you're a big indie, you know, quote like if you've got Devolver, you've got no problem. But if you're just like a dude who made a game that's like seven and an eight, but no one's ever heard of it, it's like no one's ever going to hear of it. So it's great to see. Discoverability has been the, like they said, across the the, uh, the industry. Because I remember back during the 360s, you would have like Summer of Arcade or whatever. And like, so every week, Microsoft would like, here are indie games that were highlighted. And even Microsoft didn't do it anymore, um, that specific program. So discoverability has always been an issue, even on PC, where it's like, if you're really, really good, you'll get noticed. But, the, you know, like 20 games get released on Steam every day. So it can be hard. So good for those dudes, because, you know, not to spoil a coming out segment, but, you know, indie games are a lot of people's games of the years. Uh, there's a lot of those games that are fantastic. And those people need to be, you know, put forward and taken care of. And it's good to see that companies are taking it serious. Cause yeah, like some of the best games I play this year are from indie developers that again, you never heard of wilder myth before I brought it up, but that game is fantastic and everyone should play that game. Cause like it deserves your time. So uh, it's awesome to see they're making it easier for everybody. Yeah. You know what I, I speaking of discoverability, I think that's one of my favorite things about game pass and that mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of gripes to be had about the fact that, it's, you know, 100 plus games and games are constantly leaving the service. Games are constantly getting back onto the service. But there's there's some kind of benefit to be had to having a limited curated set of games. So at any time you can jump on there and say, all right, what's on here? It's a manageable list to scroll through, find new things you didn't know were there or know that they existed. And then there's always something new to try as well. Versus like if you jump onto PlayStation Now, and there's like 750 games. There's You are 100% not going to go just explore that list. You're going to go there with something in mind that you want to play, search for it, find it, play it. Because uh, it's, it's a very different experience. So, yeah. And the way that Nintendo, not the way the Nintendo does, the way it works on Nintendo, it's like make your game a penny so that you get to the top yeah. of the most bought list, yeah. regardless of what your game That's the only way to get to, people have to buy your game, so make it a penny, and everyone will see our penny game, and then we can raise the price. And it's like, we're number one on the most sold list, 
but because we were a penny for a week and now we're back to normal price. But you know, like that's the kind of things you got to do. So it's the yeah, same thing as better been plaguing tools. like the the Google Play Store and the App Store. It's like the race to the bottom. Who can be the cheapest, the lowest price, so that they make it to the top of the charts and get more discoverability and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a problem we have to figure out industry wide for sure. This next story here, we've got uh, quite a few more, actually. So the next story is a big one for Adam. We've got a Splinter Cell coming. It's not a brand new game, but it is a brand new reimagining of the first game, and it's official. This comes from Darren Bonthuis at GameSpot. Uh, Ubisoft has officially revealed that 2002's Splinter Cell will be getting a remake with efforts led by Ubisoft Toronto. Splinter Cell will be rebuilt from the ground up using Ubisoft's own Snowdrop engine, which is currently being used by upcoming Star Wars game and Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. The remake will feature dynamic lighting and shadows, which will be incorporated into the game's level design. It will also be a linear experience, as Ubisoft added that Sam Fisher's return won't take place in an open-world sandbox, so it won't be your traditional modern Ubisoft game. Thank God. Quote, although we're still in in the very earliest stages of development, what we're trying to do is make sure the spirit of the early games remains intact in all of the ways that gave early Splinter Cell its identity, producer Matt West explained in Ubisoft's reveal post. So as we're building it from the ground up, we're going to update it visually, as well as some of the design elements to match player comfort and expectations, and we're going to keep it linear like the original games, not make it open world. However, the studio did say that there will be some changes made to the game, particularly in how uh, Sam Fisher moves. Technical producer Pete Hendrinos said that the exploration and innovation will be key pillars of Splinter Cell Remake, while producer Matt West added that this is all part of the company's plan to redefine stealth action games and straddle, quote, the line between the spirit of the old and the comfort of the new. This is wonderful news, Adam. Wonderful. Because I've never played a Splinter Cell game. I've seen the Splinter Cell skin in Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm, That's that the extent of my interaction with Sam Fisher. I have always thought, you know what? I should give that a shot, but I don't want to go back and play a 2002-ass game. And there's nothing, obviously, modern to play. So, like, 1% of me has been kicking around the idea, like, maybe I will go back and play a 2002. But if there's a brand new one with modern comforts built in and all that shit, but it's the same original, like, heart of the game, this is really exciting for me. I might actually start to give Splinter Cell a place in my body and soul. You should put it right in there. Uh, Especially because I believe Michael Ironside is back. Because the last game, Blacklist, was another guy, because I think Michael Ironside had cancer at the time or something like that. Uh, Michael Ironside, you know from every 80s movie, he was the bad guy, and he's got a really good, deep voice. But this is very exciting. Uh, Google him real quick. You'll, you'll recognize like, Oh, shit, Michael that guy? Ironside. He was in X-Men First Class. He was the guy on the boat at the end whenever they shot at Cuba to try to kill the mutants. Um, <laughs> of many things that he's been in. I'm. He's uh, got that, that guy who was in that thing face. Absolutely. He was in all, he was in Highlander 2, I believe. Yep. He's, he's the best guy in Highlander 2. Two, 275 movies he's been an actor in. Mm-hmm. And again, when you hear his voice, you're like, oh shit, I know this guy's voice. It's Holy Michael Ironside. Holy shit. Yeah. He's very reckoned. He's very Sorry, good. movies and TV so, shows. Sorry, continue. Yeah. And everything. So, it's awesome. I believe he's back for it. And I like that the way that they're doing the remake. It's like, we're, we're not going to just remake the old one. We're remaking the series remembering what the series was. So instead of it's like when they remake a movie, it's like, you know, this isn't 
you know, we're not just like remastering the footage and making it 4K. We're making a new thing with the spirit of the old one compared to a remake of some games where it's like, this is just the exact same game, but it's prettier. So I'm very excited for this. You know, that game's about four four years away, maybe five, because uh, they're just starting. Like, they literally haven't yeah. done anything yet. But yeah, modernize it, but keep, because that game is a hardcore, not hardcore stuff, but it is like a stealth action game in the way that people think that Metal Gear Solid 5 is like super, super awesome. You know, Splinter Cell was doing that. Um long time before that so i absolutely love Splinter Cell. i'm ready for 2025 when the game comes out and i have a great time and they're not making an open world because i like ubisoft games but i do not want to play a sam fisher game where i have to like go to a bunch of towers and climb them because yeah. that's not what i want from Splinter Cell. uh so yeah let's get it see you in five years dope 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 speaking of four love or five it. years new mass effect should be real pretty so eddie mccucci game spot uh, new Mass Effect game will apparently run on Epic's Unreal Engine. And uh, the Bioware producer Brennan Holmes recently tweeted about an open position at the company for associate technical director. So any of you out there listening who want to be a technical director, associate, uh, go and apply. The ideal candidate will have experience with Unreal Engine 4 and 5. The post reads come join our team and work with us on the next mass effect game doesn't flat out confirm that the game will run on some form of unreal engine but uh jeff grubb who everyone knows is like the industry like everyone tells him everything and then he leaks it to everyone who is among the first to report that a mass effect will use the unreal engine did follow up and say that it is unreal engine 5 specifically which we all just played the new matrix resurrections uh coming out on december 22nd the movie the family film it's available on mm-hmm. HBO Max and in theaters. It's a great thing for all of your family. And there's an experience, an Unreal 5 experience. We know it's going to be V-pretty. Lots of good technologies in there that the whole family can enjoy. Everyone, The kids and the dog. And one dog cat. will love the Unreal Engine 5 luminous system. Yeah, and show them a bone on screen, crack somebody's arm off, and the, the, you can see the tendons, <laughs> the muscles, and the bone. And the dog's going to go crazy for that tibia. Um, in related news, the games within the Mass Effect <laughs> Legendary Edition, so that's the remakes that came out this year, ran on Unreal Engine 3, and then Bioware opted not to use Unreal Engine 4 for the re-releases. And then finally, uh, Mac Walters from Bioware explained that Bioware chose to stick with Unreal Engine 3 to preserve the feel of the original three games for that release uh, rather than update them. So Unreal Engine 5, we know from, again, the Matrix thing, is going to be real good, and I cannot wait to see what space looks like Mm. on it. We've seen what deserty little pyramids ruins looks like. We've seen what Matrix looks like. What does the sky look like past Earth? Nobody knows except for those new planets. I especially like that the last part where they were because again, Bioware has been owned by EA for a while at this point, which EA loves the Frostbite engine. Yeah, they do. Because like we got our own engine. Don't use. Don't let us pay for the other ones. We don't want to do it. But they were like, yo, Mass Effect is unreal, so we got to keep it. And the fact that the remake or the remaster of those old games stayed in the original engine, they're like, yo, we're not messing with it. That's what it was in. They're like, EA is like, yes, make your Mass Effect game in the engine that works best for you, which is good because it'll be great and it'll play great. And they know what they're working with. And a game is going to be so good when it comes out in five years. That Splinter Cell same day going to come out. And it's going to be a wild day in the industry. <laughs> but it's going to it's going to be so pretty. And it's going to be so good. And I hope they get back to that that class of mass effect feel because those that trilogy is fantastic andromeda is not that bad people give it too much hate but i want to get back to the original trilogy feel that'll be real good dope speaking of original trilogy ghostbusters game confirmed says jared mord ign 
we brought this up a couple weeks ago of just like actors just fucking totally leaking games. <laughs> actors and musicians just do not care. They're like, yep. yeah, we have to like, get oh, it. yeah, fuck. I I, re- I did some some recording for a game. Ernie Hudson, everyone knows him from uh, Ghostbusters as Winston Zedmore. Has confirmed that a new Ghostbusters game is quote definitely happening. Uh, there was a, a panel with Countdown City Geeks YouTube channel where Hudson just says, "Oh yeah, I got an email because we're doing another video game. They're scheduling it now to do the recording. I'm not too sure he's going to do it. I know me and Danny, and I think I'm not sure if Billy will do anything on it. So there will be another video game. When are they bring it out? I don't know, but it's definitely happening. It's like cool." NDAs are a thing, Ernie. I'm sure you signed one. <laughs> Not for Ernie Hudson. He don't have to do it, baby. I'm a Ghostbuster, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Freaking love it. Uh, as context here, also in October, Ilphonic Studio co-founder Raphael Sadiq casually revealed that his studio is working on a new Ghostbusters game, uh, though there's nothing to suggest that necessarily this is the same thing that Hudson was talking about. So we'll see what comes to light. Of all. I also just love... I wish I was on... Like the fact that he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, Danny and Billy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah, Danny's going to be on I don't know about Billy. No one's ever fucking said Billy Murray. Except yeah, for Ernie only Hudson. Ernie Hudson can say only it. Ernie only Ernie Hudson, Hudson is allowed yeah. to call him Billy. I fucking love it. Like, he just adds letters to their names. <laughs> Danny and Billy. <laughs> it's know, like, Danny. that's not our names. But oh, we love you. Love yeah, it. this is you know, Sigourney e. Weaver. <laughs> I go roll Sigourney. And roll Ricky uh, Moran just adding wise to everything. <laughs> yeah, we're getting two Ghostbusters game, it seems. Because, yeah, they I don't think they're going to need VO. And every, this feels to me more like, so the Ghostbusters video game from 20, fucking 2009, which 2011, whatever it was, which is awesome and is a, a direct sequel to the movies. This feels more like something like that than the Elphonic uh, one, which is just going to be, you know, a 4v1. You know, again, they're right. the company that made Friday 13th, Predator Hunting Ground. You know what you're going to get from them. So we're going to get two Ghostbusters games and like one's going to be probably story based and the other one is just like have fun with your friends and kill a ghost. Look at Ghostbusters coming back. You know who saved the the franchise? The son of the original director. Can't remember his name. Something Reichman, I think. And Paul Rudd. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. Reichman? Andrew Reichman? Is that it? Maybe. It's the son of the dude who did the first two. Is Jason his dad? I don't remember. But. Him and Paul Rudd, because Paul Rudd, everyone loves Paul Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd made Ant Man relevant. Watching so. Paul Rudd walk through a Walmart, just bopping around, going to get some ice cream, was the freaking best part of that entire movie. And the whole movie was fantastic. But watching him just fucking boop over the ice cream, open up the freezer, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> pick one up. Freaking loved it. Love Paul. Think Rudd. about it. We could get Billy, Ernie. That's probably why he calls everybody E, because his name's Ernie. Yeah. We can get Ernie, Billy, Danny, and what if Polly shows up? Polly. <laughs> oh, man. I love that game. Yep. Yep. I love you for putting this in here. This is a direct callback for uh, last week. You can hear you. Garfield scream as you punch him in the ass. I laughed out loud when I read this the first time today. Uh, this comes from Jared Moore at IGN. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, which again is the lesser version of the WB, what do they call it? Brawl. Multiverses. Multiverses. That's it. We'll soon add crossplay during an upcoming update. Additionally, it has been teased that voice acting is coming to the game, which is a big thing that they were missing compared to metaverses. During a recent Hungrybox stream, art director Diego Hernandez spoke about a number of announcements and requested features that are set to be added into the game in the coming months. 
And while the specific date has not yet been comp- confirmed, explain that Crossplay will be coming uh, in Q1 2022. And the feature will also allow All-Star Brawl players who own the game across any of its other platforms, which is basically everything last gen and this gen except for new Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. To jump into battle against the friends regardless of whether or not they are playing on the same type of device. And then while Hernandez offered hard confirmation surrounding the arrival of crossplay into the game, it also appears that the game is set to add voice acting during a future update too. It's not officially confirmed, but he explained that there will be a popular fan-requested feature currently in the works by the development team. Quote, all I can say is that we've heard your requests, emphasis added by him, not me, and we are hearing what you're talking about. Again, emphasis added by him, not me. Can't wait to hear Garfield's reaction to me punching his asshole. Oh, my ass. I hate <laughs> ass punches. My, ass. my lasagna noodle butt. Lasagna <laughs> <laughs> noodle butt. Uh, so, again, we like to make fun of this game because they don't have basic features. Now they're adding basic features. Uh, I hope Chris Pratt voices half the cast and <laughs> they get the original actors for the other parts because the guy who does Invader Zim, very successful voice actor. Cora is great. I like her a lot. I like all the Avatar people. And for people people don't care about, like, you know, Chris Pratt, you know, he's confirmed as Garfield. Maybe this is his first appearance as Garfield. Yeah. He's going to be paid millions of dollars to go, I'm a lasagna noodle butt. And that's it. That's the only line he's going to record. Just the one line. Every time you punch him, I'm a uh, lasagna noodle butt. <laughs> yep. And every time he gets a super, I haven't played the game. I don't know if people get supers in that game. But like every time he just like becomes giant Garfield and goes, ow, my lasagna noodle butt, as he just destroys everything. Wouldn't it be great if they're like ratting voice acting and it was just like three lines repeated over and over? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even like the original actors. It's just like some guy in finance. Oh, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's Ted. Ted's over there. He's an intern. And uh, we need you to say my lasagna noodle ass a couple times for us. <laughs> Woo, can't wait. We've now got a segment from Adam, segment from Adam, a segment from Adam that involves money. Money, 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 please. Money, 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 money. Adam, what do we got? This is what you've all been waiting for. We said at the top of the show, we've mentioned it multiple times. We're here to give you money for doing basically nothing. So, listen up, everybody. But it's a big deal to us. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. It's we Jeff, care about it so Jeff much. Keely approved. Jeff Keely approved. Keely approved. Keely yep. to Keely. He's all about it. Gumble to gumble. <laughs> jungle to jungle. Um, so, <laughs> on Twitter, at Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter, there's going to be a pinned tweet starting this moment because I'm about to hit send on the draft once I'm done talking because I can't multitask. And so, in two weeks, the episode will be coming out uh, January 4th on podcast services. The contest ends January 2nd at 8 p.m. because that's when we'll record the podcast more than likely. So you have until January 2nd to go to Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter and reply to the pinned tweet. We're doing Game of the Year. Chad's going to have his top five list. I'm going to have my top five list. And here's what we're going to do. You have a chance to win free money. Oh, You're going to go in that pinned tweet on Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter. And you're going to give us one submission of what you think our game of the year games are. And then the tiebreaker will be if you get the order right. So order them and put the games, one for Chad, one for me. 
And whoever gets the closest, again, by, by the number of games correct and then the order as a tiebreaker, you will win a gift card of your choice to any, you know, Nintendo eShop or Microsoft Points or, you know, Sony Buckaroos or, you know, your what's that, that uh, Sony place? No, you're Sony Buckaroos. About? That was right. Yeah. No, the Steam, the Steam place, the Steam house. Oh, Steamworks. <laughs> Steamworks. Wherever you want, we're going to give you some money as a gift card. One for, one for Chad and one for me. So, if you want a second entry to improve your chances twofold, oh shit! All you got to do is go, go on YouTube, type in "Respawn Aim Fire" and subscribe to the channel, so we can try to get to 100 subs, so we can get that custom URL. Mm-hmm, Just do mm-hmm. a screenshot, like, "Hey, I'm subscribed. Here we go," and then you can put your second uh, choice under that. So you get a free one on Twitter. You subscribe on YouTube, give us proof. You get a second one. Guess our games, then put them in the order. And the winner will get a gift card to the online store of their choice at Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter. It will be pinned in a matter of minutes. So when you're listening to this right now. So, Adam, let me get this straight. If, if I want to be entered into a chance to win one of these, I go to Twitter and I respond to the tweet and I say, all right, Chad, one, two, three, four, five, Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the winds of Windsor, whatever that George R. R. Martin book is, all five of Chad's game of the years, what I think he's going to pick for game of the years in order one through five. Yeah. And then I can do a second one for Adam and I go and I say Mega Man X, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Love it. The pair of shoes I saw once next to a mailbox on Rodeo Drive and mm-hmm. all of your games one through five. And, but if I go and subscribe on YouTube, I can just take a screenshot of that, tweet again, and this time maybe I'll put them in a different order. Or maybe I'll pick some other games. And this time I'll say, like, I don't know, Charlie and the Chocolate, Fa- Cho- <laughs> Chocolate Factory first. <laughs> and then that pair of shoes on Rodeo Drive. That okay. way I get better chances at winning one of two gift cards. Is that correct? Absolutely. Double your chances just by subscribing on YouTube. It doesn't cost you anything. I don't care if you click the bell. I don't care. I don't care if you're watching this right now on YouTube, although you're missing out if you're not. Just, just give yeah, us this that is the one to watch. URL. Yeah, if you're going to watch yeah. one of them, I'm going to pull my wang out at the end of this. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one to watch. <laughs> so yes, do that on Twitter. Everyone enjoy it. Dope. And again, we have till January 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's the cutoff. Yep, unless you decide to go earlier because you're rating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That might be the case. Jericho's yeah. whole birthday week is taken off that first week just of January. Just do January 1st at yeah, well, midnight yeah, to be New safe. New Year's, New Year's, yeah. And just, yeah. you know, just do it right now as you're listening to it. Take a That's guess. It. All right. Dope. We'll again kind of like tweet about that, like maybe retweet the original tweet a couple times over the next two weeks so you have an idea of, so you're reminded about it. Mm-hmm. Dope, 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 dope. Thank you, Adam, for that segment. That, since we already did Game on Game Show, brings us to the end of our podcast today. This is episode 230 Ocho of Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. Again, aside from the homework we already gave you, go to patreon.com slash Fire. Get yourself brand new wallpaper. We have new uh, Halo Master Chief-inspired wallpaper that is Very available nice. for all of your devices. And gotten a little halo reflection in his visor, and the background is like our little logo. You can see it's that's great. It's great. Go download that, put it on your device, and then go home and have sex with your partner in the daytime to feel powerful. While with the you, lights on, while you leave your iPad open to the home screen so you can see Master Chief's visor with the lights on. Uh, oh, yes. Go do that. You can also vote on. Uh, I'm going to put out a poll this week. 
because it is it is just about time for January to roll around. A poll this week for what our barf games will be in January. That's backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. So you tell us what we haven't played in our backlog that we would like to play, that we are going to play, not only just us, but as a community. So you can write in and tell us all about your thoughts on it too. Also, if you've played It Takes Two and want to talk about It Takes Two for this month's barf with <gasps> me, oh yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Hit up Responding Fire on Twitter because I need people to talk about It Takes Two because next week we'll be releasing two barfs in place of a normal episode. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> at least one. I'll be able Maybe to get we'll at least have an It Takes Two. We probably won't yeah. have a Ratchet and Clank by, by next week. But it might drop that first week of January. Yeah, there we go. Dope, 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 dope. Yes, reach out. Go, Papa John's. And um, with that, that's the end of our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is our final episode for the whole uh, year, so go enjoy your Christmas. Your, I guess Christmas is the only one that's left because Hanukkah's over. So just go enjoy Christmas and New Year's. Um, and go see The Matrix Resurrections on December 22nd on HBO Max and in theaters everywhere. And then separately, go see uh, The King's Man on the same day, but again in different theaters from the rest of your family. Yeah. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Ow, my lasagna noodle butt. <laughs>